to I Feel For You. This is episode 31. I'm Dion, a creative coach, yoga, movement and meditation teacher, writer, DJ, polymath, human. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about how to get out of a funk. My dear being, how are you? That was a pause for checking in, by the way. What's your vibe? And for those of you who ever struggle with checking in and identifying your feels, I've linked a spectrum of feeling chart in the show notes for you in case that's useful. So all the show notes will be at ifeelforyoupodcast.com and this is episode 31. To be honest with you, I've had a bit of a crappy mental health week. There's just so much going on in the world. I mean, when is there not? But I'm particularly aching about today's news from New Zealand, following a challenging week of anti-black, anti-other, trash news and trash media and trash individual takes that make me wonder and despair in equal measure. So I guess to start, I just wanted to send love and solidarity with anyone going through it these days, which can often feel a bit meagre somehow. Do you know what I mean? When tragedies happen and you feel the weight of grief and that heart-wrenching stuckness where there's no directions on what you can do to actually make a difference and yet you feel the call to try to connect with someone and support someone and yet... In this world where we're so much more connected than we ever were, it can feel pretty isolating. So I guess today's episode has that in mind. And I wanted to acknowledge that in these times, especially with news feeds that are hard to ignore, there's often a lot of pressure on us to shake things off and somehow pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, which is an expression I loathe, (laughs) by the way. And I don't know about you, I've spoken about this before many, many times, but I don't want to ignore what's going on in the world. And yet at the same time, I can often get very, very stuck in this state of being immobile. You know what I mean? Not too much positive action in any way. And I I just want to be useful. So I guess I'm talking to you today because I want you to know that you can be highly functioning and still feel depressed and you can experience glimmers of joy during your day whilst wading through the darkest grief and you can be dealing with chronic anxiety and panic disorder and still show up and do great work but you don't have to choose or either way or force things or justify where you're at to anyone and as I said, I've often written and spoken about how in times of difficult news, I find it hard to do anything at all. And there's this pattern that I notice where I slip into depression mode and it's this hole that becomes so dark and all-consuming and it gets really difficult to climb out of because I'm one of those people who 
runs a business, often remotely, and I rarely see a human day to day. And in those times when I am struggling, be it with the grief and sadness or with my general mental health, many of you know I've been living with a thyroid disorder for a few years, which, you know, um, if you have a, a thyroid disorder, you'll understand that the symptoms can be far and wide and changing every single day and be affected by different things like tiredness, um, increase in stress, um, anxiety and diet and all kinds of things. And it's one of those things that's often hard to see. So when I go through a particularly difficult time, especially if I've overdone it and maybe I haven't been able to rest or take care of myself as I could have done, it can be delivitating. So I was thinking about all of these things and that kind of helpless feeling where I know that I have tools and resources that might be able to support other people, but at the same time, there's that muteness and that stickiness and grossness at thinking, oh, but I, I don't know if I should share this because, you know, someone might think that I'm trying to take advantage of a tragic situation. And yet at the same time, I'm unsure of what to do or how to connect because in these times, I feel how important it is for us to feel a sense of connection to each other when we're seeing so much disconnect, conflict. So anyway, while I'm speaking about resources, I did write a blog post this week just to kind of gather together three things off the top of my head that were resources for grief and sadness in difficult times. So in case it's useful, you can find that on my blog. And in it, you'll get three links to some resources that I've made, written, filmed and recorded. And yeah, I guess I'm just always curious as to how we manage our grief individually and collectively. Because life online can be tough. And especially tough if you are already managing a mental illness. And there's a writer that I absolutely love. Her name's Esme and she recently did an interview talking about um, working with limitations, which I'll link for you in the show notes because it's great. And I'll just quote a little bit of this interview for you because it sort of spoke to me and I don't know if it's going to help someone out there. But So it's taken from The Creative Independent and this is what she says. I think it speaks to just how unpredictable living with physical limitations can be. It's not just the physical limitations either. It can also apply to mental illness. If I'm having a day that's really tough with different kinds of mental illness, whether it's the schizoaffective disorder that I live with or various issues with anxiety disorders, those can be limiting as well. So I try my best every day. And as you said, I do consider myself an ambitious person living with limitations but those hopes for my days do exist within the boundaries that are created by my limitations. I feel that really spoke to me because she nails it on the head that if you are already managing stuff on your plate, to be able to see that and to approach each day acknowledging where you're at and from that starting point, that can be so helpful rather than, you know, comparing yourself to how you think you should be behaving slash performing in the world. And I was thinking about how over the last six years now since returning from Norway, even though I'm in Norway a lot and in fact I'm flying back in a few hours, it's late at night right now, I've got an early morning flight and I go back and forth a lot. Even though I've kind of been based somewhere else for the last six years, I feel like I've been emerging from what feels like a dark tunnel, mostly sadness, mostly trauma processing actually from my time living there and mostly practicing feeling 
my feelings or learning to feel them and learning to take care of myself, which still feels new after 20 years of practicing. And when I was younger, particularly around the time I started having panic attacks, I was around 18, 19, and my best friend had died when I was 16. And it was sort of like a post-traumatic stress disorder that kind of triggered other symptoms. And um, yeah, my, my best friend had passed away suddenly. And, you know, I really didn't want to feel it. <laughs> In fact, I wrote a big piece about this a few months back and I got too scared to share it. Maybe I will. I don't know. At that time, I think that the reason my anxiety didn't show itself was because I just really didn't want to feel. I, I just became so numb and wanted to dull any kind of feeling. I wanted anything else but to feel. And I ran from my feelings, but they were always there as they are and underlying everything. But somehow I had become ashamed of feeling a lifetime have been told I was too sensitive. I'm a Pisces child and, and I'm, I'm an INFP and I'm an Enneagram 4, 4 with a 5 wing. I think it's the same as Prince as well, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but to my fellow empaths, I hope you know that your sensitivity is a strength. You do know that, right? So during these moments where we experience this kind of collective grief at the horrors and atrocities that are going on in the world, it feels like every day, right? These last few days, weeks, months, years have been a lot. And in these times of collective grief, when I feel enveloped in the sadness and wrapped in feelings, although it can be hard to do very much at all, I'm slowly learning over time the necessity of giving space to a feeling, be it joy or sadness or whatever. That, of course, if it's possible to do so. And if it's not possible to do so, then I really, really recommend exploring trauma-informed services that can support you. And I'll link to some of those in the show notes too. Also, if you're a regular listener or reader of my blog and or digest, which is my newsletter, you'll know that I've linked to a number of mental health resources that are affordable and diverse. And I speak about some of them in an earlier podcast. I think it's episode 14, self-care tips for managing the online world when feeling all the feels gets too much, which could kind of go hand in hand with this podcast. I'll link it for you in the show notes anyway. And if you feel like it, check it out. So I feel like I'm talking in circles. I'm sorry. Hope you're still with me on this journey. But this week I was thinking about a common occurrence that many of us are experiencing as we spend more and more time online. And dealing with overwhelming information online that's difficult to digest is in a relentless infinite scroll. And then somehow having to get up, function and continue in the real world with real jobs and work, whether you work for yourself or for someone else. And sometimes, especially you freelancers and entrepreneurs out there, there might not be the opportunity to call in sick because, you know, you rely on your work month to month, sometimes week to week. And it means the difference between paying your rent and bills and eating versus being on these streets. Do you know what I mean? It's a hard balance to be engaged and to do your work. And to those of you who are running your businesses alone, working remotely, who are out there and perhaps not even having real life contact with anyone for days on end, like I mentioned earlier, the isolation of being exposed to these exhausting feeds can be a lot and take their toll. 
So many of us have businesses online or as part of our jobs, we're expected to be online more. And we have to be on screens in some way or other because it's the only way we get to have connection. I see you and I feel that deeply. So I was thinking about the cycle of when sadness takes us out and affects our work, which seems like a strange thing to say. I don't know, I feel a bit strange saying it because... As I mentioned earlier, I don't want to ignore something tragic. I don't want to turn away and and not address something. I guess I'm talking about the relentless feeds that day to day where we're exposed to stuff that gets in our way, stuff that holds us back. I'm thinking of a particular politician here whose name I will not and refuse to mention ever because my breath is precious and I don't want to utter Uh, or waste my energy on that uh, Cheeto. So uh, when we see something sad or something that makes us furious and, you know, feel grief or all kinds of kind of emotions and feelings that are difficult to shift, are difficult to work through and result in us having maybe a few days of constipated workflow. Do you know this? You know where you sort of... You see stuff that's really getting to you and then you try and be okay and sort of push and push and try to do your job. But what comes forth is just meager or downright disappointing, especially if your job requires you to be creative, right? I'm sorry if I gave you um, visions about pushing and constipation. But anyway, um, (laughs) what I notice from a habit of doing this, and I think it got particularly intense from around 2016 when the rest of the world sort of woke up to this idea of Brexit and realised that the rest of us had been living an alternate existence and that uh, (laughs) I'm not laughing I'm laughing I'm laughing because it's you know the tragedy of it all but um, you know I feel like 2016 was a big turning point for a lot of people where there seemed to be this sort of waking up and I don't mean that in the sense of you're not woke, I'm woke kind of way. I'm talking about in a way that, you know, you felt this like movement on a global scale where a lot of people suddenly realised they couldn't go on with blinkers anymore. They had seen stuff that they couldn't unsee and therefore they were called to step up, right, and do the work, hopefully. So since 2016, I've been hyper aware of this pattern uh, because, you know, there's just simply more people uh, with hot takes and there's more people with comments and more people sharing and more information available and we're more connected and so on but I've noticed a pattern in myself to be in that constipated workflow that's nice isn't it I'm sorry if you just got rid of that vision but here we are so in those moments I caught myself pushing and annoyed that my body wasn't keeping up with all the things that my brain wanted to do especially with the introduction of a thyroid disorder diagnosis um, I staged an an intervention with space for feeling what I was feeling and this I recognize is basically what I've been talking about with my clients for the past 10 years or so but it's the truth and I need reminding of this as often as possible to hold space to feel what I'm feeling so I hope that offers a reminder for anyone else who needs to hear it too So can we have a moment for the work? Should I play speech to bell here? Where do we stand with licensing music here? It's a bit tricky, isn't it? Let's not go there. But anyway, if you haven't heard speech to bell song, the work, 
You Need It In Your Life. And it's one of the tracks actually in Vibes Immediately, which is a playlist that I make um, where I collect vibes and feelings and uh, moods. Do you know about that? Anyway, um, yeah, it's a sound sandwich and inspiration for life and um, also things from my events and I curate it and update it regularly for you to enjoy hopefully or for you to experience and vibe wherever you are and you can get a link to it in the show notes or just head to dion.space forward slash vibes. So back to the work my friends the work the real work. The real work is a daily process which is so beneficial for us and everybody around us. The work is learning how to hold space for ourselves and learn how to take care of ourselves and create space and get free. And I'm grateful for this work, even though it's often painful and challenging. And so this everyday work leads me even more clearly towards my mission of holding space for others to explore that for themselves too and hold space for the spectrum of fields and life experiences and moments and experiments and in that hopefully cultivate some joy maybe maybe if it's only a flicker and hopefully at the very least some freedom and a deeper compassion for ourselves on this journey did you just cringe at the word joy i used to too but i'm realizing more and more lately that joy is very different to happiness Joy is what's underneath it all and I feel like you can tap into joy at any time. I'm not saying it's easy to do that, but I feel like it's just, it's something like an undercurrent. I feel like happiness is a bit um, misleading and um, often puts unnecessary pressure on us to um, somehow feel good, whereas joy can be a practice, it can be an action. And I think about joy in a sense of me practicing it, practicing joy as resistance resistance to the state of this world and living as a brown woman living as a black woman living as a woman of color living as a mixed race person living in this body in a society in a very 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 white space where my work is in very 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 white spaces where I'm often rejected or told uh, everything that's wrong about me and how I should change and to give up and to quit and you know how I you know I I, I don't think I'm gonna go too far into it but you get the picture by practicing joy as resistance I I am holding space for myself to exist and hopefully feel free in any way that I can which is getting more and more challenging these days but you know (laughs) I'm working on it I'm working on it So, for example, I'm still aware of sad feelings and the shit that's going on in the world and my grief and my trauma and pain. And they are personal traumas and personal pains, but also more so, more and more, the the collective trauma and pain and ancestral trauma, you know. But amidst the stuff that I hold heavy, I can also make space for other feelings to be there. And you know, you know me, I don't mean to conjure up this false love and light. I mean, to be okay with the spectrum of feelings that reside in all of us at any one time. As I mentioned earlier, you can experience glimmers of joy whilst wading through the darkest grief. 
you can be dealing with chronic anxiety and panic disorder and still show up and do great work. You can be highly functioning and still feel depressed. And I think for so long, I'd feel so guilty about that. Like, I'd feel guilty about certain feelings. And I'd enforce these long periods of quiet muteness because I felt inappropriate for seemingly contrasting feelings. But it's okay to feel it all and to hold space for whatever's there. So in those times where I've got to get work done and there's people relying on me and so on and it feels like I'm able to continue with work, it's just that I'm a little bit stuck, not necessarily feeling deeply depressed because I'd recommend if you are feeling depressed that you seek out help, go and see a doctor, speak to a professional and so on. I'll link you in the show notes. You know, you know yourself whether you're feeling depressed and if you're curious or even if you're questioning if you are it's probably a good idea to seek out some help and support so that you can figure that out you don't have to do it alone okay so I'm talking about those times when I'm affected by timelines and news feeds or whatever or something grief whatever anxiety and so on and I feel that I can work but I'm just kind of stuck in a groove you know I'm, I'm in a funk So some examples of immediate interventions that I've used in the past to help me have included clearing the slate where I could. So that meant rearranging meetings, altering my deadlines, sometimes cancelling things, sometimes changing the parameters of something, definitely taking time away from timelines, some more than others, scheduling a big chunk of self-care, And for me, that might look like spending time on the mat for an extended period of time, doing something very restorative, very restful, very chill, exploring, moving, laying in stillness, putting some decent songs on for the ride. And that's why I make so many playlists. So having a playlist to hand that is your intervention playlist could be useful. Basically, intervention looks like reacquainting with myself in the moment when I'm feeling stuck, feeling stuck in a fog and meeting that with tenderness rather than pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And afterwards, when I've done those things, I'm not going to pretend that the sadness went away, but I was able to give space to my feelings and to listen to what my body needed when it was grieving and That meant that when I did go back to my workstation, I was able to be present with what was there. So it was like digging out some debris and clearing a path in the tunnel of darkness. And by doing that, finding a route back to myself so that I could live in my truth and produce work that was rooted in that, which is always what I'm striving for. But I'm not saying that's how everybody works or that it's how everybody should work. But for me, truth, authenticity and integrity are the foundation for everything else. I'm into feelings. And if something's off, I just can't go with it. That includes people, projects, places, know what I mean? So this practice of being, practicing being present, offers a remembering of my truth and the reason for doing what I do. And it feels so liberating and I love that. You know, when I talk about connecting to your flow, I talk of feeling free. And you probably know that if you've ever read my digest 
or if you've checked out a recent blog post I wrote about finding flow and I'll link that to you in the show notes there's creative activity in there for you too anyway everything I create is rooted in supporting others to feel free too in their own way supporting people to be more of who they are and that includes the spectrum of feelings so these words are for anyone who resonates with that and to say that although I'm intentionally practicing this stuff every single day practicing also means reminding myself of the most basic things every single day like showing up for myself first so that I can show up for others And to let myself be with what's there so I can be rooted in integrity and start from where I am rather than putting unrealistic expectations on myself as I meet the day. And to remind myself that feelings are real, but they're also always shifting. We are complex beings and can be experiencing a multitude of things at any one given time. So just a reminder to hold space for that. And if that's not enough to remind you that you're never really stuck in a fog, then let me remind you. You're never stuck. So this idea of getting out of a funk or a fug is kind of redundant, which maybe I should have thought of renaming this podcast, but (laughs) here we are. And my friends, shit still happens. And life, life stuff comes up. And I'm not going to try and sugarcoat the hard stuff at all. I'm saying to recognise that life can be flipping hard that things can feel really difficult sometimes. But you're not alone. So allow yourself space for your feelings, all of them if it's possible and if it's manageable. And if it's not, then to reach out and get some support. And I'd recommend creating structured support systems for yourself to help you reacquaint with yourself with tenderness. And that might look like a support system of people, for example, people that you trust and feel safe around. And I should mention, if anyone is making you feel bad or ashamed of your feelings, they're probably not the safest people to be around. So looking to those that will support you and hold you up, that don't tell you that you're too much or that you feel too much or that you're too sensitive. Those are all warning signs. So your support system might look like dog videos, That's definitely part of my support system. My friends are scattered throughout the world, which kind of makes me sound like a wanker, but it's just the way that it is. Um, It's kind of unfortunate, to be honest. I wish my friends live right around the corner from me, but they don't. And it's hard because, you know, we all have different lives and some of them, many of them have families. And so, you know, it's always on my mind if I am in a fug I don't want to burden anyone and that's quite a common thing I realise and I'm still working on learning to not try to feel like a burden. I mean even recording this podcast I'm kind of thinking oh is it too whingy is this too sad I want to uplift people I don't want people to feel sad do you know what I mean (laughs) but I'm doing it anyway but um, yeah usually with friends I tend to ask you know okay let me be honest usually I don't immediately go to a friend and tell them that I'm struggling and having a hard time, which I know I need to work on. So I'm just calling myself out there. But when I do, on occasions when I do share with someone that I am, like someone that I trust, that I am having a really difficult time, I'll tend to ask them if they're in a space to um, hold space, if it's possible to 
unload something or if you know they might not be in a good space themselves you know more and more often so many of us are going through a lot of these emotions and feelings and grief and you know we might not be feeling in the place to support someone else because we're dealing with our own stuff so I'm always cautious of that so I don't know if that helps someone that also finds it hard to reach out and ask friends for support just check in with them first is it okay if I unload something so yeah, dog videos, very, very helpful. Cat videos too, animal videos, standard. I make playlists and kind of like emergency interventions. Playlists, as I've mentioned, are part of my support system. And you can create your own strategy of space making. And on that note, I was wondering if it's helpful or useful for you if we collaborate on something. I don't know. You don't have to. But, you know, I'm a fan of an inspiration station. Some of you might know this. Um, I might bring the inspiration stations to the podcast. I've been thinking about that lately. Are you interested in that? I'm thinking of doing it anyway. But yeah, basically a collection of things to inspire and delight or just things that make us wow and remember our humanity and feel that connection with each other again. And so... Yeah, I tend to gather inspiration stations. I put them in my digest, my mail. I make blog posts about inspiration station. I'll do it anywhere. I'm just, yeah, a wanton inspiration station person. But yeah, uh, I was wondering on this podcast episode show note, perhaps we could share something in the comment section, something that you find inspiring something that's sort of like okay let's let's let me rephrase this let's create a little safe haven in the show notes for the times when things get really heavy really difficult maybe you're when your brain needs a break and you just want to go into something that is going to help you <laughs> support you get out of a funk and that might look like a song that you're listening to it might look like a whole ass playlist it might look like vines R.I.P. Vine, but you're still with us. Um, that might look like pictures. It might look like a link to an article. It might be uh, a film trailer or a film that you love to watch. Remember my um, other Inspiration Station list of films for self-care. I'll link those in the show notes in case that's useful for you at this time. What rabbit holes, what kind of ideas and inspiration tidbits help to lift you up that you feel like you would like to share with me and with anyone else who visits the show notes so I would love it if you head over to ifeelforyoupodcast.com and look for episode 31 which should be the top one there go into the show notes and just leave a comment just dump it down there I would love it and I hope that that's useful so Creating your strategy of space making. It might look like you writing something down. It might look like you heading to the show notes and putting the links, dumping a link down there or a picture or whatever. It might look like telling someone, speaking to someone. It might look like uh, both. Maybe send me your list if you've created a little uh, strategy for the way that you can make space around a funk and help yourself feel better. Tell me about it. Tell me what helps you to create space for yourself so that you can feel more free and more you. I mean, you're always you, but you know what I mean? More connected, more compassionate. And for those of you who are unsure of what it looks like to create a strategy of space making, maybe you're, you don't have any ideas or you don't feel inspired, 
Here's a fun challenge to experiment with it. Fun is relative, I realise, but here we are. So first of all, a disclaimer and a guide note, really. Your idea of creating space doesn't have to look like what other people are doing. It just has to feel good for you. And so for those of you who want to see a very condensed version of what my structured support system looks like on this particular week, here it is. Take a shower. Speak to good people in the DMs. Refer to my folder of tricks. That's images collected of animals and also animal videos. Um, Read motivational words. And um, for those of you who want some tips, you can head to my uh, Instagram, save stories, what do you call them, highlights. There's one called Book Club. There's a load of books in there, inspo. And also, yeah, uh, head to my blog where I share things on the regular. Um, Get out the self-care box. And if you're not sure what a self-care box is, I wrote a blog post about that. So you can check it out. I'll put the link in the bio for you. Head to Black Twitter. Although in times of trauma, um, although I do get life from Black Twitter, sometimes it's just also really painful because, you know, if I'm avoiding a particular news story uh, and it's just remunerating what's the word going over and over in my feed I don't always feel better so it depends um play a song or put on a playlist like vibes immediately again the link is in the show notes and then go to the bathroom and have a dance party yes and that depends on energy levels obviously um and also depending on energy levels I might head to the park and talk to a random dog Or stand inside the house and look out the window and talk to the neighbour's cat, which I do every day. Um, Or get into my bed office. And I used to reserve that for um, Tumblr time, my secret Tumblr time. But seeing as Tumblr is a bit dry these days, if you know what I'm talking about, um, I just use it as a way to read things that might be nice. (laughs) So there's writers maybe that I read their blogs and I might go there and have a catch up and a groovy time. I just say groovy. I promise I'd never say that again in 2012. But here we are. Anyway, okay, are we good? I know this is basic and that list might sound super basic, but I don't care because it works for me. And so therefore, I recommend that you do what works for you. Make a list, send it to me because I'd love to know what you do to feel better, to create space, to feel more free. And so if that wasn't enough, (laughs) alluding to links in the show notes is going to be a big old festival as usual, probably more than usual in this week's episode. There are other resources um, that I am going to put in the show notes for you. Things like um, stuff specifically to help you manage grief and sadness. I've got a yoga video um, for grief and sadness, Um, blog posts talking about, you know, difficult days and reminders to connect to what's important. Reminders to boost you up, to encourage you, to lift you up. Obviously, links to mental health resources in the UK, Norway, US and beyond. Shout out to anyone else listening. I realise there are people in other territories. Is that what we call it now? Isn't it weird? No borders. Anyway, you know what I mean. My global fam. 
If you don't see your area represented, please just send and you have obviously resources that you know about that might be able to help someone. Please drop me a message, send me a mail, I feel for you podcast at gmail.com or leave it in the show notes or find me online on social media. I'm having a mini kind of break. I'm kind of there, but I'm kind of not, but I kind of I'm there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be uh I feel for you podcast show notes if there wasn't some kind of vision board if you're not familiar with the vision boards the gifts the collection of images i did warn you about this stuff right inspiration station anyway there are some topical skeletal uh image images that i hope you enjoy especially uh my 80s babes maybe 90s too if you remember that far back anyway I hope that there's something useful here for you on your journey and I would love to know what you think. So if you, (laughs) I I was going to say if you enjoyed this episode, is it enjoyable to talk about grief and sadness and anxiety? I don't know. But um, if it was useful slash enjoyable slash uh, curious or you just have some thoughts you want to share, I would love to hear from you because I feel for you, you know, podcast name anyway um send me a message as i said all the links will be in the show notes and i love you and i'm holding space for you i appreciate you thank you for getting this far sorry it was a long ting but yeah i felt we needed to just have this heart to heart i love you thank you for listening